With the first pick in the 2008 WNBA draft, the Los Angeles Sparks select Candace Parker. With the first pick in the 2011 WNBA draft, the Minnesota Lynx select Maya Moore from the University of Connecticut. bi-weekly WNBA podcast on Sports Ethos. Uh, just me and Bailey this time. For, we've decided that for the, the second show of the week, we're probably going to only have a couple of us on to kind of like go a little bit deeper on, on a specific topic or two rather than um, like the more wide-ranging group discussion that we have earlier in the week. And uh, luckily or unluckily, Holly Rowe gave us something to talk about this week. And honestly, like, it's something I would have wanted to talk about anyway. It's interesting that it comes on the heels. Like, we waited a couple extra days to let it, like, marinate. We get the the investment in the sport that we got this morning. And I think that kind of reflects well on what Liz was talking about. So uh, I'm going to kind of, like, give all the quotes and stuff. And then, Bailey, I'm going to get your thoughts on things. So if I'm sounding long-winded at first, I mean, I'm always – that's kind of who I am. But I at least want to get, like, all the quotes out there for the context. Um, February 1st. It was right around the time that The Athletic put out how much Becky Hammond is making, which is around a million a year, making her the highest paid WNBA coach ever. And that came out just like Mark Davis mistakenly, not mistakenly, but kind of let it slip whenever he was introducing his new football coach for the Las Vegas Raiders. So it wasn't even about this. Um, And then within a little bit of time, it came out, Liz put on Twitter, ah, yes, the WNBA, where a head coach can get paid four times the highest paid players, Supermax contract. LMAO and y'all think I'm going to spend another season upgrading my seat on a flight to get the games out of my own pocket. I think when you initially hear that, like what she's saying makes sense. Like I understand that maybe putting the focus on Becky is like, I don't think she was putting it on there, but I guess if you're really looking for it, I guess you could look there. But what she's saying is that players are making like a player like Liz last year was making over $200,000, which for most people is a, a lot of money. That would be a lot of money to me, but in other professional sports leagues, the flights are covered. And she's speaking about like the inequalities in the WNBA because of the way the CBA is written. Uh, Holly Rowe went on NBA today on ESPN earlier in the day. And then, and said this, Becky Hammond earned every penny. She's about to get paid because of her lifetime work in the WNBA and players like Liz Cambage, Get, got paid more because of some of the work Becky Hammond did. So let's celebrate a woman getting a million-dollar contract in the league instead of women tearing each other down. She then went further on the free agency special later on ESPN where she said, I've actually heard that Las Vegas was not going to re-sign her, and so that might be some anger coming out about that, she said. This tweet really rubbed me the wrong way. Put some respect on Becky Hammond's name. Becky Hammond played in the WNBA for 15 years, and the work she did getting paid a lot less than Liz Cambage are what has made your contracts possible. So Becky Hammond has earned every dollar that she makes in this contract. And I think that it's important to know the history of the league and the players who have built it. Um, 
Bailey, that to me just feels like Holly Road completely missed the point, correct? Yes, she absolutely did. It was not a personal jab at Becky whatsoever. And it it happens to be that she's kind of the example because she got that million dollar contract, but I don't I didn't interpret it that way. Not I don't think anyone well, not anyone, but most people did not because as you touched on, Liz was just pointing out a very legitimate I don't want to say issue, but kind of struggle that W players have dealt with. And Liz being one of the tallest players in the league and also one of the more vocal players in the league is has very strong feelings about that and rightfully so. And she was more addressing that than Becky herself. And Holly and a handful of others, you know, obviously tried to make it into something it wasn't. And I'm honestly kind of surprised. And if she did, I missed it that Liz didn't respond to Holly's comments on the timeline. I didn't see it if she did, but it, it it's very interesting. I also didn't see it on like Instagram or anything, but um, to me, she was just pointing out something that we as fans and analysts, whatever our titles are, we spoke a lot about last year, especially when like the sky were getting caught in airports and getting laid to cities and having to play games on short turnarounds, you know, all these things like it's a very real issue. And a very pertinent issue to these players. And it's also another kind of, I guess to me, it seems like a very low hanging fruit for the W to address, especially with this new um, income that they have or investment. I'm not sure what the right term for that would be, but I think that's one of the things that Kathy's probably talking about utilizing this upcoming season, but definitely something that, you know, we all want to see change especially as expansion approaches. Yeah, uh, so Liz has not – I haven't looked on Instagram, but I, I looked first on Twitter because that was where she put up the, the – it was a tweet, and uh, she's not tweeted since. <sighs> like, and I, 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 I genuinely want to give Holly Rowe the benefit of the doubt because I don't think that she's this type of – at least I didn't until this week. But that that whole, like – the whole soliloquy she put out there gave me real shut up and dribble, be happy for what you get vibes. And like, I know part of it's probably that she likes Becky, which everyone seems to like Becky. That's great. Like, but like, again, like you said, she didn't take a shot at Becky. That's, it's not her fault. That that's the, the coach whose salary has been publicized. And it, like, you can only comment on what you got, but whenever, when Becky is making almost the entirety of the salary cap, which is, not the case in literally any other professional sport that a coach could make that much, like compared to the other players. And I, I get that this is historic, but like that's kind of what the women have been talking about the whole time. If we're going to sit here and fight for equality, it's not just like it's everything, right? They, they, right. I work for a company that would pay for my flight, like, and I, like I'm nobody, like I'm nobody at a insurance company, like for for a little bit of clarity there, but like. <laughs> I, I just can't imagine them being like, oh, you know, you can't fit, but take it out your take it out your pocket. And like, I, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I understand that Mark Davis and Joe Sai have offered to charter planes and they were told no, because it is not in the CBA, because that is a competitive disadvantage. <laughs> that doesn't yeah. make sense. I understand that that's not on them. That is on the CBA to be negotiated better. But to tell me that it's, 
Like they're making it sound like college where players are getting, where it used to be an issue for pay, players to get paid. Like you're a professional. If your boss wants to pay for a flight for you, I've never right. heard of it. That doesn't make sense. That would be an issue. And guess what? If that's the competitive disadvantage, then everyone else needs to get on their level. If you want to own a professional sports team, you should be able to pay for your players' flights. Like that's the bare minimum. Right. And I, I think that's going to be the bigger ripple effect of everything going on right now is that, Mark Davis and Joe Sy have been kind of the forefront of this. We're willing to put money into this movement. And I'm not saying the other owners haven't, but I think it's going to put a lot of pressure on them because like you mentioned, the CBA has restrictions on what they can and can't do. And I'm pretty sure that's an effect for a good little while. I think 20, I think 20 is either 24 or 27. If I remember correctly, but I don't know if there's ways they can amend it or whatever, but uh, they, uh, yeah. So that you can amend the CBA, it just takes all of the parties coming to the table. And I think it takes. I'd have to look at. I, I don't know the exact CBA language in this sport, but I do believe that a ratification to the CBA takes something like a two thirds majority or something like that in most cases. So I'm not yeah. reporting that as fact or anything, but I know that's typically the case. But like, it takes extenuating circumstances. You know what an extenuating circumstance is? A seventy five million dollar investment in your league. Right, right. There's there's a big reason. And also, like I said, just having two owners. So putting their money where their mouth is, not only being vocal, but then acting on that and really putting, like I said, putting pressure on the other owners around the league to match that energy. And I, I think it's a great thing for the W. Obviously, there's certain levels to it that maybe I'm not fully understanding the, the legal aspects and all these things. But from my perspective, that's how you progress as a league. And you're coming up on 26 years, this year, 26th year. And, you know, you had a big 25, you know, 25th year. Now's the time to make that leap. Because if, I, I mean, really and truly, like holding the status quo, you know, for however long it may be, would have eventually gotten to a point where it's actually working against you. At I think least in there. my opinion. I was going to say, you could say that we're there already. Like, it all kind of goes hand in hand. And 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 I don't think Holly Rose is going to retract her statement about Liz, but then in the same segment, she's sitting there talking about that uh, the Chicago Sky made a, a what was the, I, I forget the exact term, was it a, a disappointing offer or an insulting offer or something like that to Courtney Vanderson? Dis- Disrespectful, disrespectful. Offer, I think. yeah yeah and part of like the, her comp her the team was it ecat over in russia was yes. making a financial financial push to make it more beneficial for courtney vandersloot to sit out the, the season and play there right which we've seen before from can another I, 33 year old point guard can, can i tell you a secret that's exactly what liz cambage is talking about and yes. the fact that you made it about tearing her down and her pending free agency in Vegas might not want to pay her. So maybe it's sour grapes. No, just open your ears to exactly what you're saying. There was a problem here. If your players are being incentivized financially, that the other leagues, not this league are more important. And if your response is to just say, just be happy with it and, and deal with it, you're missing the point that you're reporting two segments later. Right. It, it was, just, like, it's just mind boggling to me. Like I, I, it's inconsistent, which is, uh, I mean, anyone who knows me, know number one, if you're inconsistent, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be bothered by it. But it's not like, 
we, one of the things that you and I, since we've, and it's not even about, like, it's obviously not about us, but since we've started this pod, one of the things that we have always said, because it's one of the biggest trends in W Twitter or W fans, or even the WNBA in and of itself is invest in women's sports. That starts with the people who are running the league. If you're not going to invest in your sport and you're going to put the, you're going to hamstring teams and owners and all that stuff from what they can do to actually like improve the league. Like we can't invest either. It's not even about like the buy jerseys or talk about it, which buying jerseys is its only other issue that I know Kathy Engelbert addressed today as well. But like the barriers to entry cannot be that high. And right. they, can't be, they can't be so high that you're precluding the people that have already bought in from actually investing in it. I, I, right. I, I, we, one of the first few episodes we talked about was when Mark Davis bought the team. And I was excited because I thought he was going to be able to bring in so much. He was going to make the league try harder. And I still think he will. But if you're preventing him from doing that because it's not fair to everybody else, you're just, that's not how the one, that's not how sports are run. And it's certainly not how a successful business venture is run. Right. And it, right. It, we believe everyone believes in this league, like <laughs> let them succeed. Exactly. And, and, you know, it's, it's one thing, you know, it's kind of interesting to me is like, you mentioned how it's hard to get into the league, both as an investor, but like something as simple as not being able to get a Jersey also sets fans back. Like you have to have, you ultimately have to have fans as well. And if you can't, if I'm a new, if I'm a new play or a new fan, pardon me. And I, found out about the W seeing Kalia Copper and I want to go buy a Kalia Copper jersey and I can't find a Kalia Copper jersey. Like that would be kind of off putting. And I could see why some people would maybe check out after that. And you know, Kathy talked about being supply and demand and things like this and how like maybe um Kalia Copper's jersey wasn't as much demand until after she wanted to find whatever, but like even in the NBA, and I know we compare across leagues a lot, but like in the NBA, you can get like the ninth man's jersey on a team. Like I have a DeAnthony Melton jersey that I found like rather, rather easily. You know what I'm saying? Like, and like that's not a knock against Melton because he's one of my favorites, but like he's like the Grizzlies, like seventh, eighth guy off the bench. And we can't get the finals MVP jersey. Like, and again, as a new fan with all this exposure, like those are, the seemingly small things that you would think they would have ironed out before running all these promos and all these events and talking about, Oh, well, this is our 25th anniversary. We're going to, you're going to see more W content on everything than ever before, but like can't even get Jersey. Well, it's not like Clea Copper came out of nowhere. Like she was an all-star. Right. Like we knew who she was. Like, it's just, it is. And it's not even about that. Like this was supposed to be about Holly Rowe, but it's about all of it because like, it, Say what you will about Liz. I know that she gets on many people's nerves or whatever. Um, there's this point's irrefutable. It's yeah. If somebody has to say it, just like there's no world where look, we were just so frustrated last year. I remember whenever I think it was Chicago, and maybe it was Vegas where they got like they got stuck on the tarmac and, and stuff like that. And they're not getting, like yeah, that happens what, way too how often. Is that, but how is that st- still happening in 2022? Like that's not. That's an infrastructure issue with your league that should be like looked upon. And I, I saw that it was reported today that the, the, the evaluation of the WNBA as a whole just crossed $1 billion. If this is a $1 billion industry, they can afford to have their, their, their labor, their talent, their call it what you will. Like 
treated as such. Their players, which equates to, like you said, the labor products, whatever you wanted to be, personalities. Because it's at the end of the day, it's a business, and these are terms used in a business. But yeah, I mean, if it's if it's made a billion dollars, or if it's a billion dollar entity, like, well, and like the, there are bare the, minimum things. All the Twitter eggs that sit there and tell tell you that no one cares about the W, no one, no, no, they're idiots. They're wrong. People do care about this, but if it's coming across that the organization itself doesn't care enough to make the working conditions better for their players, and then when somebody speaks out about it. Uh, a leading media voice takes takes shots at her. I, I, it, it's it, not it, a great look. It just adds fuel to a fire that we have been working, that everyone has been working to put out. And it, it's, it yes. was very frustrating. And then Holly comes back and does the thing where she is celebrating the Enrique extension and doesn't credit the reporter who had it first in Dorothy Gentry, which is frustrating enough as it is. And it's like, for a person who is, like I said, considered one of the faces of WNBA media in terms of the establishment, Mm-hmm. Like just that back to back is really bad, and I like I, I I just I don't know what to really make of it. It's it's frustrating. Like we're we're hitting this. It's it's just weird that we're hitting this fever pitch, and free agency has been awesome, and like the league is gaining so much momentum. And I don't like I'm not trying to make this more than what it is, but like if you're gonna sit there and alienate an all star player, like because she made comments, I, I it's just a very very weird time. It is. It is. It's. It's been an interesting stretch of days, to say the least, for W fans and Holly Rowe and like us. Like it's just been very, very active in a good way, but also it still shows some of those things that need to be worked out around the league, especially as they look to continue growing. Yeah, I'm, I would just say don't. Just to put a bow on it, if we're all about empowering the women in this league, don't sit there and try to take their power away whenever they speak out against right. the league itself. Because that's just you look very foolish. Yeah, else, like if you if you can't say critic if you can't say criticism those at the center of your entire operation, like what are you really doing for something that we've heard Holly Rowe say should be fixed? I've seen her on Twitter when these things happen say it should be fixed. Yes, so like. Yes. It's not like you don't know this is an issue. It's not like you like Liz is making something up. It, it's been an right. issue. You've you've acknowledged that it's an issue. So don't come for her because she's also acknowledging it. That's simple. Anything else before any anything a little bit more lighthearted to kind of not not the, you know what I mean like anything more fun and enjoyable that uh, you wanted to get into before we get out of here. Uh, do you have any real quick hit thoughts on any uh, moves as of late? Um, Maybe like one one move that you want to comment on real quick. Yeah, sure. Let me. Oh, and we'll talk about this more on Tuesday with the rest of the crew. But I think that what excited me the most was that uh, Toshko used AU as a chance to get her in, in the limelight of the league, and like not used in a negative sense. It's actually like showing exactly what AU is trying to showcase that they could be. She went in there, did the darn thing. And now has a contract with the Connecticut Sun. Like, yeah. And you took the words out of my mouth. You you read my mind on that one because I absolutely love Taj Cole. Uh, seen her play live a handful of times. She was at UGA for I think two seasons. Um, and I remember when she didn't get drafted, and they reported that she was going overseas to Spain. 
And then like within just a few months, if not even that long, she was back because of some sort of um, family obligation. And then she said that she literally hadn't played a competitive game until AU came. That's and for her to her for her to go from that to now a W contract, albeit just a training camp, like regardless, that's a W contract, is not only a testament to her skill and grace and work ethic and talent, but you got to give a big shout out to AU for even just giving her that opportunity, mm-hmm. providing that opportunity for her that would not have realistically been there if AU didn't exist. Yeah, no. And that's like for a league like that, like that's, that fits right in their mission statement and to see it happen almost immediately just has to feel so good for them because they're already reaping the benefits of exactly what they wanted to create. They're showing these players that, Hey, come to us. This is go. This is not nothing. This is going to improve the profile of all of the people here. And it has, I mean, I, look at how much we've like just from the timeline talking about Dijonet the last couple of weeks or uh, Gabby, like there's just been so much going on to really right. appreciate what is happening in the league. And if it's going to also pay financial dividends down the road for players, like that's the goal here. We want to see the league continue to grow. And I mean, you mentioned expansion before expansion only becomes much more reasonable whenever they, whenever everyone is able to see that there's this level of talent out there, because I know that some of the more cynical people would say, was there really enough talent to fuel another couple of leagues and the, or another couple of teams? And the easy answer is obviously, because if these are players that couldn't even get a shot when they got out of college, I mean, you're drafting 36 players a year and, and two thirds of them are never able to even get into the league. Like there's, there's so much room for growth here. And right. it's not like that they're not worth it because, like I said, you just saw in a week that Taj Cole, uh, Taj Cole is right there and she's worth taking a chance on. And any of these other players that may eventually show out is worth taking a chance on. All right. And even and even if you want to pull that card and say there's not enough talent, and maybe there isn't enough talent to fill a 500-player league right now, hypothetically. I, for one, would argue there probably is. But even if there's not by that argument. There's for 200. Less, yeah, like, I was say there's. When you put an investment into like AAU or AU, pardon me, as an investment, hits a few pro players and a lot of like, I would say borderline pro players that, like you said, were maybe drafted and make the cut or whatever. But that sends out ripple effects. And keeping this up for three, four years is going to improve talent at all the levels because whether it be there's might be an eight-year-old girl somewhere watching AU and be like, I want to be there. And then she starts focusing and, and working to be better. Like the ripple effects of it are non-measurable until they come into the forefront. But it's like we said this whole time, like the investment will have the ripple effects on it once it's made. Like, and I think a AU knows that. And they're, they've been phenomenal. They've been nothing short of phenomenal with everything they've done there. Socials have been on point and timely and given us really what we like to see, whether it be the behind the scenes look or highlighting certain players. They really monitor that. They're really active, engaged. But also, like, I remember yesterday they posted a picture of a Dijonet 
drive like four possessions after it happened. And that's a really quick turnaround. And it was a really great photo. Like I'm, they're just really knocking it out of the park. And with as big as social media is and as important as it is, that can even further amplify that ripple effect. And I really don't think that that is something you can say immediately. And people may disregard that, but the ripple effects will have an effect, like will show down the line. And at this point, all investments are good investment, but people are still going to be naysayers about it. But in a few years, they're not going to have any type of argument whatsoever. No, like, like I said, I, it, I'm just so happy to see that that's growing as, as an avenue. Like you said, if, if there's a re, like part of the reason why people did not commit as hard to have not committed as hard to, to that as men's sports is because there was a ceiling. Like, yes, you could maybe earn a scholarship, but you were not like the, the career earnings were not there for people to really commit to that. And if you're giving them an avenue to be like, hey, you could actually commit to this as a profession, probably it's going to get better. And I, like, it's, it, it, it seems very simple. It is more, it's not as simple as I'm making it, but it's more simple than it's been made. But like that to me is kind of like hammersome everything that we've said throughout. And that's why I, like that was the signing that I wanted to shout because like just shows if you invest, there's a chance that something's really going to pop. And I think we've seen that two weeks into, into AU and uh, I hope everyone else takes note. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Cause that's, I was so stoked when I saw that because, like I said, I'm I'm a big fan of Taj Cole, and I I've enjoyed watching her in the AU. So love that. I'm very well, excited. We'll, we will be back Tuesday with our our normal crew, and we will be talking everything that went on in free agency, getting everybody caught up because, like, I mean, it seems like a bunch of stuff. Everything, a lot of has happened since Monday, so we're not acknowledging a lot of that right now. We will get into that um, when we get back Tuesday. We didn't really want to talk about the storm without a keel or. Uh, possible moves with the Chicago sky without Carissa. So we want to make sure the whole band is together for that. But uh, this was fun. Definitely. Yeah. More of these, of these biweekly shows. We're going to try to do this more often. And like I said, the later in the week shows are probably always going to be a little bit something different. It's not always it, the Monday show or the, the recorded Monday come out Tuesday show is always going to be about the same thing where it's the, the normal crew, just kind of going over the happenings in the league, but we'll try to diversify the content later in the week to try to keep getting better, keep trying new things. But uh, yeah, that's it. We'll, We'll stick with it. If anybody hears us, give us some feedback. Let us know what you want to hear. You know, we're active on Twitter. You can drop it in the podcast review, wherever you're listening. Like, get at us. We're we're here to to grow and get better. And that's all we want to do. So just let us know. Can't put it any better than that. Catch you next week. <laughs>